selfies. Did you know that 92 million selfies are taken every day? And that accounts for about only 4% of the photos that are taken, which are 2.3 billion um, photos every day. Apparently, there are over 95% of young adults that have taken a selfie. And we as individuals spend about 54 hours a year taking selfies. I feel like that's quite incredible. <laughs> anyway, these days we live in the world of images. If it's not on Facebook, I know that's kind of a bit of an old social platform, but I still am okay with that one. But, you know, Snapchat or TikTok, it hasn't happened and it's not real. Um, so we live in the, in the selfie era. Um, and yes, recently I came across these particular selfies. It's Moses in the bulrushes. Did you know? I'm going to share with you a couple of selfies that I came across. I think they're quite fascinating. Moses with the burning bush. Hashtag burning bush, I should say. Moses and maybe Aaron, who knows, in Egypt with the pyramids. I love his face there, a little bit, you know, typical selfie style. This is probably my favourite. Moses parting the Red Sea. You know, the sun's a little bit in his eyes. He's got to squint a little. Um, but you can just imagine um, what it might have been like in that time. I just love how illustrations can sometimes help our imaginations run wild. But certainly last and not least is this particular selfie, is hashtag frog plague in Egypt. Um, fantastic. I, I mean, they're, they're, they're such good photos. And I have to um, credit BibleSelfies.org for this, these photos. But we know these aren't real, don't we? Yeah? How do we know they're not real? Cameras didn't exist probably back in the time that we're aware of. Um, this is through artificial intelligence. Um, and the, the reason we know that if we were to look a little closer, um, the images are probably too good to be true. Whether it's the filter, um, you know, the faces are not probably quite as they would be in real life. And artificial intelligence is becoming more and more prominent and readily available to us today. Out of curiosity, I do have to say, I typed into chat GBT, write a sermon on Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 7. And I wanted to see what it said. Literally, literally, within seconds, there was a sermon typed out on the text that I wanted to use today. And interestingly enough, it was quite good. I was quite impressed. Safe to say, I have not used that today. I, I certainly believe in the blessing of studying and um, preparing uh, God's word on your own, but we are surrounded by artificial intelligence. Likewise, in our Christian walk, we can be surrounded by things that are not real, and we have to be clued in and hypervigilant, in, in words to say, of recognising inconsistencies, we do need to be testing what we see against Bible truths. We have to keep our eyes open and vigilant to truth. And so today we are going to consider one of our responsibilities as a Christian 
in regards to recognising danger, but also raising the alarm to others. And today, it, the sermon really is very complimentary of the excellence um, lesson that was taken by Mavis this morning. And you would never think that it was going to go hand in hand, but it really, I was sitting there going, yes, that's the same verse that I'm going to be using today. So it's very complimentary of the lesson today. Um, but before we open our Bible, I would invite you to um, bow your head with me as we ask the Lord to be with us this morning. Dearest Heavenly uh, Father, Lord, I just want to say thank you for allowing us to be here this morning and to um, worship freely together as a church family. We pray that you um, will be with us, Lord, that you'll be in our hearts, that you help us to see clearly what you have for us, that we can um, be a, a witnessing light to those around us. In your holy and precious name, amen. So sweat was running down our back and we pulled on our heavy laden backpacks, probably with a few holes in it, and we piled onto a bus that felt was with everyone else in the world. There was not much room to be had. You see, we were leaving Montenegro onwards to Croatia and taking public transport was our mode at that time um, to get around the different European countries. We didn't need to navigate. It was a fairly reliable means of getting from A to B. Little did we know what lay ahead. We had this wild road to get down. Halfway down this mountain, as I gripped the seat in front of me and my knuckles literally white, there was no blood left in them, I felt the need, probably against what I probably should have asked, I asked Doug, do you think many people have died on this road? And his answer was, probably not a good time to think about that, but probably. <laughs> you see, this road is actually labelled as one of the most dangerous roads on dangerousroads.org because it is a, a hairpin road of over 30 hairpins. It's mostly single lane. It has minimal guardrails and on the edge of quite a large cliff. It's in often cases very dreadful condition and as per dangerousroads.org uh, says, you need nerves of steel to navigate this road. Many times you have to have the vehicle reverse for another vehicle to get past, and that's if you have enough space. Um, and just to top it off, the bus that we were travelling on had the door open, and standing in the door is a watchman. And his job is to actually instruct the driver of how close the wheels are to the edge. Okay. It doesn't matter that the bus is hanging over a little because the wheels are still on the road. But his job was to tell the bus driver just how close those wheels are getting to the edge. Hence my question, how many people have died on this road <laughs> and there's no way of getting off? What worried us even more was when the watchman, the designated watchman, even though I couldn't understand what he was saying, started to speak in high-pitched voice in urgency, you're getting too close and sweat pouring down his face and breathing very heavily, telling the bus driver, go that way, go that way. So he, he had such a heavy responsibility 
um, for the passengers of that bus to get down. I don't know how often he would do that in a week or twice a day, I'm not sure. But he had a huge responsibility to ensure the bus driver got his passengers safely down the bottom of the mountain and we made it. And it was nice to get onto firm ground and out of that bus. Um, but just like that extremely important bus watchman, we too have been called to be a spiritual watchman for those within the walls of our community. Whether it be our family, be our friends, our work colleagues, or our larger community. We have a spiritual responsibility to look out for those around us, and we can only do that by having clear vision, being vigilant, and having a voice to speak up. So we're going to have a look at that today. So hence today, I have titled my sermon, Looking Up to Jesus, Looking Out for Others, and looking in to make sure we are submitted to Christ daily. So looking up, looking out, looking in, being a watchman. And that's what we're going to explore today. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 7. If you have your Bibles, it's Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 7. And so I don't feel so alone up here when you get there. Feel free to say amen um, when you get to the verse. Excellent. Thank you, Joyce. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 7 reads, So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. This verse is set in quite a... I would say, as the lesson said, a, um, it's a daring assertion, actually. When you read the verses of chapter 33, it's quite intense. But here we see Ezekiel being asked to be a watchman um, over the house of Israel and to warn those within the community of any dangers, but to warn them of um, not following Christ, what the consequences are of not following Christ. So before any further ado, I would like us to explore what actually a watchman means. So when I looked up the meaning of a watchman, a watchman has been um, a noun derived from the Hebrew word, which means to look out, look about, even to spy and to keep watch. Other words um, that used to describe it is to lean forward, so it's kind of an active word, to leave, lean forward and to peer into the distance. It's to observe, it's to keep the watch, and so on and so forth. So it's certainly very an active word, and it's to keep, keep watch. So historically, a watchman um, was called to alert the leaders and citizens of a city or a um, a community within its walls of traders coming in with goods but also of dangers or enemies approaching. And the watchmen were in a position that they could see farther and much sooner than those within the walls of, of the city. And so they played a vital role in the safety of those under their watch. Um, and if they didn't do their due diligence, those under the watch could be harmed and at worst case scenario, killed. 
Um, and as far as I've read, and you will, if you um, want to look at it later, in Ezekiel chapter 33, it is actually very clear that the blood of those killed or harmed by the failure of the watchman, the blood is on the watchman's hands. If the people within the walls choose not to heed the warning, then they're accountable for their own decisions. But if the watchmen do not do their due diligence, the Bible has clearly, um, clearly outlined the responsibility and accountability being placed on the watchman. I feel it's very sobering to read this because it's such a heavy, heavy responsibility. However, if the watchman has raised the alarm and are able to save its citizens, it's a, a, a joyous day and their job has been well, well done. We have actually been asked to be a watchman. Not us to consider, but we've been placed in a position of responsibility to be a watchman. It's a duty of ours as a Christian. The words of the prophet here proclaim the solemn responsibility for those appointed as guardians of the church, as stewards of the mysteries of God. Sister White writes in the Acts of Apostles, page 361 and 362, and I'll read this to you. They are to stand as watchmen on the walls of Zion to sound the note of the alarm at the approach of the enemy. Souls are in danger of falling under temptation and they will perish unless God's ministers are faithful to their trust. If for any reason their spiritual senses become benumbed, that they are unable to discern danger, and through their failure to give warning, the people perish. God will require at their hands the blood of those who are lost. I feel this is really quite intense. She continues, It is the privilege of the watchmen on the walls of Zion to live so near to God and to be so susceptible to the impressions of his spirit that he can walk, work through them to tell men and women of their peril and to point them to the place of safety. Faithfully are they to warn them of the sure result of transgression, and faithfully are they to safeguard the interests of the church. At no time may they relax their vigilance. Theirs is a work requiring the exercise of every faulty of the being. In trumpet tones their voices are to be lifted, and never are they to sound one wavering, uncertain note. Take note of this last paragraph. Not for wages are they to labour, but because they cannot do otherwise, because they realise that there is a woe upon them if they fail to preach the gospel. Chosen of God, sealed with the blood of consecration, they are to rescue men and women from impending destruction. That is so powerful. It's not out of obligation that we fulfill our duty as a watchman it's because we want the best for our fellow mankind and to everyone um, have the chance of responding to Christ's offer of, of salvation. As I discovered um, looking into the concept of watchman and a spiritual watchman there is a lot to learn and there's a lot to study about what it means to be a watchman and I certainly can't cover it in the space of this morning but um, I certainly have been um, keen and excited to explore a couple of concepts 
And um, when I looked into what the characteristics are of a watchman, what I would like to share with you today is three particular aspects that I identified as being a good watchman. So here we have the three Vs. The first V is vision, having clear vision. Second V is to remain vigilant. The third is to have a voice. So vision, vigilance and a voice. To help us understand these characteristics better, um, we're going to explore the Bible to see that the Bible actually outlines the characteristics of both good and bad watchmen. Let's have a look. Firstly, I'll go to the next slide. It will be Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7. Try. Whoops, go back. Sorry. There we go. So Isaiah chapter 62, verses 6 and 7. It's a, it's a brief um, statement, I guess, on what a good watchman is. So here we have chapter 62, verses 6 and 7 of the book of Isaiah. And it reads, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You may mention of the Lord, do not keep silent, and give him no rest till he establishes and till he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So my understanding of that is we need to um, remain vigilant and watchful until Jesus returns. So here we can see an effective watchman will not keep silent, they will not be found sleeping, they are keeping watch day and night, and there is no distraction calling them from their duty. They are to remain vigilant, they are to raise their voice in confidence and give um, the leader worthy of praise, their leader worthy of praise. Let's now look in comparison back a few pages to Isaiah 56, verses 10 and 11. I'll get there. It's a bit slow coming up. So Isaiah 56, verse 10 and 11. Oops. Okay. I have to say this, this is quite... Um, intense, this, this verse, um, but we can learn much from it. I'll read it here. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb or slash mute dogs. They cannot bark. They're sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yes, they are greedy dogs, which never have enough, and they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all, all look to their own way, everyone for his own gain from his own territory. Quite different from the previous verse. And whilst very intense because it outlines all the characteristics of an irresponsible um, watchman, we can learn a lot from this. Looking at the context of that particular passage, it, it's actually in my Bible labelled as, as irresponsible leaders of Israel. So it's, it's really um, capturing what an irresponsible leader is doing. You know, we can actually see their actions and what that, what that looks like. So here's some key words. Blind, ignorant, mute, asleep, greedy, and selfish. 
some very, very sobering observations, all in relation to being a watchman. Or should I say, how not to be a watchman. And we can learn so much from this. So it's absolutely clear for me when I read this that the three Vs come up here, vision, vigilance and having a voice. So let's have a look at these in a little bit more detail. The first V, V for vision. And you'll see up on the screen just a couple of key texts that I won't necessarily um, read out in our sermon but I've referred to in, in the discussion. But to get a bit of context, I was drawn back to a, um, a story or an experience we had on a boat in the, the northern banks of Vanuatu. Um, we were on a mission trip there to visit um, some of the villages to help with uh, registering births and doing immunisations. So it was wonderful. But there's a lot of coral reefs in, in the way of getting to each island. And we had Chief Richard. Chief Richard, he stood at the bow of the boat with his hand pointing the skipper to the correct direction to go. So Chief Richard knew the ocean. I couldn't see the coral underneath, but he certainly knew all the treacherous um, things that lay beneath the, the water that we couldn't see. And if we were to hit just one all over Red Rover, the boat would not be able to sail any further and mission aborted. So Chief Richard, he was our watchman. Um, he didn't have hold of the wheel of the boat. He wasn't steering it. He was, he was helping the steerer to get there safely. He had to be vigilant in his watch. He couldn't take his eyes off where he was going. And he had to be confident in his voice. So I, I really loved that analogy. So as we can see, as suggested in the name, a watchman needs to be able to watch. To watch, you need to be able to see. To see, you need eyes that are functioning and you need eyes that can receive light. Without light, you cannot see. So in the concept of, um, of vision as a watchman, we need to have light. We need to be exposed to light. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. We read this morning in Ephesians chapter 5, we are to walk as children of light and to receive that light. We need light to alert us of the dangers, to point out where those dangers might be um, waiting for us. Just as a lighthouse is, plays a crucial role in maritime navigation, um, guiding direction, um, establishing their position. They're not there to steer the boat. They're there to shed light on the right direction and on the right path. So we are, as watchmen, to shed light so others can see more clearly um, the path they can take. As we know, many dangers don't kind of have themselves labelled as a come-find-me kind of label on them or come catch me kind of fashion. Think of Eve in the Garden of Eden. It was a beautiful serpent who twisted the words of, of God that you will not surely die. It's okay to have the forbidden fruit. It's delicious. It's beautiful. And she was deceived. Sometimes dangers lurk in what could otherwise be quite um, attractive and draw your attention there. So one of our key responsibilities is that we need to be able, with God's light, 
recognise inconsistencies um, in what's being presented to us, being able to recognise truth from error and recognising error being embedded into truth. We need to be very, very able to see that. And we can only do that by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and to allow his path, uh, so his light to light up our path. Communing with him in daily prayer, submitting to his ways, can we, can we experience that clear vision? If we choose to be ignorant to the light that's been um, before us, we will miss seeing the dangers and we might... Um, yeah, fail to tell others about those dangers as well. So our daily choices, whether it be from what we choose to watch, what we read, the people we surround ourselves in, what we talk about, if we are desensitising our senses, our eyes will not be open to the light God has um, willingly got available to give us. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Friends, as watchmen, I urge you to look up to Jesus. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Don't look to self for wisdom, because it's he and he alone that will give us light. So as a watchman, we need to look up to Jesus. Our second V is for vigilance. Just to create that story as well, we're going to revisit Ethiopia. It was our, our first Sunday in Addis Ababa, being the capital of Ethiopia, and we were brand newies, um, and I'm sure we looked it as well. In true Douglas style, our first Sunday there had to be a full day of walking around the city and exploring as much as we possibly could. We had been warned of the high likelihood of being pickpocketed, and for this reason, we tried to carry minimal belongings with us. Um, and Doug had a great little bag that kind of went across the front of his chest that could be double locked. We thought we were set. And look, we had a great day. Everything went well. Then we turned onto the street where we lived, and it was the end of the day. Then we were surrounded by a bunch of children they started to yell loudly in our face, apple, pineapple, banana, and they were right in our face, fully distracting us. In the meantime, holding up some clothing or blankets right underneath your face there so you couldn't see underneath. So while they're distracting you with these words that you go, yes, apple, banana, I don't know what you're talking about, um, and you're not being able to see, they very craftily and easily un zipped Doug's bag and took out the belongings, including his wallet. Um, it all just took one distraction. And we noticed later that actually because we were so close to home, we had left, let our guard down and not actually double zipped the bag. So we even made it easier for them. Safe to say, as soon as Doug realised the wallet was gone, he took off after the culprit in the middle of a bustling street of traffic and helped himself back to his wallet. I'm not sure the, the, the boy actually knew what was happening, but um, we learnt our lesson that day. But it does take just one distraction, one eyes off the, um, 
the prize that we can let our guard down and that is when danger is lurking and is ready to pounce. Just like our situation on the streets of Addis Ababa. So the verse again, um, Isaiah 56, where we read about the irresponsible leaders, is that they're not remaining vigilant. An irresponsible watchman is lazy. They love sleeping on, on duty. And they're not keeping watch of those within their walls. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. As faithful watchmen of Christ, we must remain vigilant. Let's not be found sleeping on the job. It will only take one distraction, and a minor distraction at that, that can open the way for danger to enter in, not only on ourselves, but on those under our watch. Once danger enters, the damage can be immense. And if we're not careful, the accountability may fall on us. We have a responsibility to keep our guard and to keep our vigilance. Let's not be found sleeping. And our third V is for voice. It's very evident from the text that we've read that an effective and responsible watchman is able to raise an alarm under their watch. So much so from what I've read is that it's enough of an alert or an alarm to wake someone from sleep. It's not to give them a fright or anything like that. It's to wake them from sleep. And traditionally in the Bible um, times, they would raise this alarm by blowing into um, horns of rams that they had collected. And in our modern day role of a watchman, we need to think about how we would raise that alarm. Doug recently reminded me of, of the amazing architecture of amphitheatres in Europe. You could be standing in one little section of the amphitheatre and speak normally, normal tone, normal, no, normal volume, your normal voice. But someone on the far, far reaches of an amphitheatre will be able to hear you clearly. And I love that analogy because sometimes it's not about always volume, but it's about where you are and being able to pass that message on. Sometimes in our Christian walk, it's not always being the loudest, but sometimes it's that where you are that speaks volumes, if that makes sense. As watchmen, we are a messenger. What I do want to point out is that a watchman, though, is not a gatekeeper. As we read this morning, we are not to judge. They're not the ones going, you go to battle, you put your um, army, armour on to go and fight the battle, you're not allowed in, you're not allowed out. They're literally spreading light on the matter. I think we need to be quite careful about how we interpret this because um, watchmen, I feel, are light bearers. They're, they're shedding light on truth. As we read, actually, this morning in our lesson... Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 3 says, Judge not others, or you too will be judged with the same way you judge others. We are not called to judge. Rather, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 says, Instead, speak truth in love, that we will grow to become every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Christ. 
And likewise in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 to 25, it reads, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, and get this, correcting his opponents with gentleness. So as a watchman, when we are ex- exposing truth, it must be done in love, it must not be judgmental, and it must be done with gentleness, as I have read um, in these texts this morning. But likewise, in First Peter, we are also instructed to always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we, are, uh, that we have. So we need to be confident in our voice, and that comes by spending time in daily communion and submitting our, t- our, our lives to Jesus on a daily basis. So there we have three V's of being a watchman. There are much more than this, these three V's that we could explore. But for me, I felt the, this really summed up a, a responsible watchman's duties. And it certainly caught my attention. By applying this to our daily life, understanding it is actually our responsibility to others, I pray that we will um, surrender our lives to to God to enable us to be the responsible watchman he's asked us to be. That we can look up to him, to look out for others, look in on ourselves that we are making sure we have that connection with Christ and to actually accept that big, wonderful responsibility. In closing, however, I want to share with you a promise. And it's a promise given to us about the ultimate watchman, because we too have watchmen, and that is Jesus. Turn with me to Psalms 121. Psalms 121, and this will be my closing passage. It's probably nice to turn to that one. Psalms 121. And we'll read all of the verses. Just a short one. It reads, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your going out and coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. We have the ultimate watchman looking out for us day and night. He is our ultimate spokesperson and he has promised us peace and safety under his watch. Will you heed his voice? Thank you.